What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Coast Coast Podcast. It's been a minute. It's been about two weeks at this point, but we've been wrapping up school. We're getting ready to give you guys some more content coming up soon. Uh, we got to talk about playoffs. We got Griffin here today. Uh, he'll be on the show a lot of times this summer, but Jose is getting some work done. He's wrapping up the semester, but we, Carson, how are you doing first? And then we got to talk some playoffs. Yeah, man, I'm fantastic. I'm finally done with school. It's what's been kind of holding us back a little bit, but I'm excited to just like talk with y'all about hoops. It's been a great, uh, you know, playoff so far, and I'm glad to be back, man. I'm, I'm excited. All right, well, we got to address the elephant in the room. We got a big Suns fan sitting right <laughs> next to me, and uh, an abysmal game, to say the least, a team that uh, has been a favorite to come out of the West. I know Carson, Jose, and I did an episode, and I was the only one that picked the Warriors to come out of the West. And uh, you guys both had Phoenix. Uh, Luca, it's a huge step in his career. His first conference finals appearance at, what, 23 years of age. Uh, we know yeah, he's one of the best stars in this league. I made a prediction saying that Tatum would solidify himself over Luca, but the Suns losing that game really makes that Luca Doncic situation a whole lot different. Griffin, I'll start it off with you. Uh, obviously, it was an emotional game for you last night. Let's just hear what you got to say. Uh, it's just really depressing. This was our shot. Our window's closed, basically, is all I'm saying. Last year, it was we got into the finals, which was a big accomplishment for this team, for this group, for the city even, for the for the Suns who missed the playoffs for like 10 years in a row up to that point. Making, Shout out Sacramento. Yeah, making the playoffs, <laughs> making the finals was a huge accomplishment. But this is like – that was like just last night was just taking a shit and flushing the past two years down the toilet. It was a fucking disaster. Um, Devin Booker, uh, it's a career defining game in the fact that everybody will call him fraudulent until he proves otherwise. Uh, Chris Paul, this solidified him as being not that guy when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, and there was rumors and uh, some talk around the Phoenix area that he was clearly injured or he wasn't 100%, very clearly. Uh, he was losing the ball. He was turning the ball over a lot, which was reminiscent of last year when he was injured in the playoffs, specifically the Lakers series. Um, but at that point, it's like, dude, you can't play. You are absolutely hurting the team because – when Chris Paul plays in that scenario, the Mavs know he's hurt. So they'd have to double Devin Booker and that just screws up the whole offense. Uh, so last night was just a disastrous effort because when, when I thought in my head, I was like, okay, the worst thing that could happen is we lose by like 10. We got absolutely embarrassed and rightfully so every, every piece of slander that's out there on Twitter, on all the social medias is absolutely valid and uh, worth it. Uh, it's just really sad because I know our owner is a horrible, cheap person who is not going to – I mean, I could see him just blowing it up because he wants to get under the salary cap because we uh, just failed so hard. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, he's probably gone, and many might say rightfully so. Uh, he doesn't have a killer instinct at all. He is passive. Uh, and he tries in the regular season and even in the playoffs about half of the games. Mm -hmm. um, there's this joke on Twitter that DeAndre Aiden only plays good when the hoes are watching and the hoes are only watching <laughs> about half the games. Uh, he does not play good. He didn't play good last night at all. Um, it's just really, it's really unfortunate. What I told Liam was I was kind of half joking, but really this would be just an ideal scenario is the Suns just blow it up this year. 
trade eight and you get some trade get some pieces like to build towards the future and hopefully tank enough to get Victor Webinyama to the Phoenix Suns in the 2023 draft. Uh, that's kind of the bright spot, but for now, next season, not super excited. I'm taking up a lot of air in the room, but as the resident <laughs> Suns fans, I just need to vent. This is a safe space. Yeah. It's just really, it's really <laughs> depressing. Yeah. So Carson, I kind of want to ask you uh, the whole DeAndre Ayton situation. We saw Monty come and speak to the media and said uh, it was a personal issue. The why Ayton wasn't playing minutes. He obviously didn't do well, but um, you know, he's not a bad player. It's not like he's a bust at a number one overall pick, but uh, it's interesting to think that a number one overall pick guy isn't going to get re-signed off his rookie contract. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, but not entirely off of his play. What do you think about the situation? Because if Aiton's gone, do you think this Suns team has any sort of window? I mean, I, if you want to keep this window open, I think I would have to. I think you have to resign Aiton because you you trust that. Yeah, you know, Aiton's got a ceiling, whatever. But I think his fit with this team. I think it's too good compared to. I mean, I don't know if you get like a version of Aiton that's like 70, 80 percent. But can we just talk about like the whole reason we picked the Suns or me and Jose picked the Suns is because like they had to me like the least amount of holes. They were the most consistent. It was just so it was just so bizarre. And like the announcers couldn't stop talking about how bizarre it was. You know, it's like, you know, you know, we're we're beating this over and over again. But like a team that won, you know, 60 plus games, they were solid all year. And for them to collapse like that in the in the most important moment, it was just an all-timer, man. It was an all-time choke. And I think the big two big takeaways I think from that game to me are one, the Suns compared to you know the Celtics, the Bucks, they just didn't have an extra gear like those like those teams do, like the Warriors do. Even though the Warriors we haven't really shown it that much, but we we show it. The Warriors we have like a few minutes each game where we you know we kick it up an extra gear, you know. But it, the Suns just didn't have that extra gear to go to, and with Aiden getting benched. You know, he shouldn't have been pinpointed like that, honestly, because everyone was playing bad. Everyone was playing bad on the Suns. You know, Booker was awful. <laughs> Pat Bev came on first take today and said, uh, you know, if a CP3 was the one that, that should have been benched, uh, you know, I bet he was, you know, waiting his whole life to say that. Uh, you know, it should have been on Aiden. I think it was really everyone at fault, but they just didn't have another, another gear to go to. And I think the Suns' epic collapse is really a taken away from what you talked about earlier, Liam. Lucas, this is his moment, bro. You know, once when star players come to be like 23, 24, like that's really the time, like where they, you know, it's go big or go home for them. And this is like was his moment, like, okay, he's here to stay. And he was just phenomenal. I think that alone, it was really just the Suns running into a generational guy, man. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna give us some work in the next round for the Warriors. I mean. He's yeah, yeah, he is he's a top three player in this league. It's it's hard to make a debate that he's not. I mean, it's him, like KD and Giannis at this point, essentially. I don't care if Jokic has two MVPs. This man is single candidly. I mean, he's got some good assisting talent. I think Dinwiddie, uh, Brunson, those guys are good. But this man, this team would not be in the playoffs if it wasn't for him. His supporting cast is a little inconsistent. I think we saw that throughout the you know, especially this series. Is it enough? Um, it was, that, that was another thing that was crazy is like the role guys really stepped up in this game when they were really bad all the other games in Phoenix, you know? Uh, I'm going to put a question to both you guys here. If Luca leads this team to a finals berth, he doesn't need to win it. 
is he on the same track as LeBron on his legacy? Because LeBron did the same thing when he was young, brought that team to the finals, lost to the Spurs, obviously. But do we give Luka that praise if he's able to lead this team to the finals? Because no one thought they'd even make it past the first round. Some may even thought, I mean, who knows? But yeah. I'll, I'll, Griffin will ask you first. He he's definitely on the same career trajectory if he makes the the finals this year, right? Like he he proved uh, in that he can get out of the first round in the first round, and then you know beating this this Suns team, which many people, including myself, uh, saw as a finals team, uh, barring a disastrous collapse. Uh, I think I think I honestly I would pick them to make it out of the West right now because honestly the Warriors haven't wowed me in a lot of the games. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely say he's on the same tra- career trajectory as LeBron James, which is crazy to say out loud if they make the finals. Mm-hmm. Carson. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to agree. It does sound crazy just because, you know, Luca, uh, you know, LeBron, it, it, it just sounds crazy because it's LeBron and LeBron, you know, he's so much more athletic. He's so much more physically dominant uh, than Luca is. But I think where Luca lacks in the defense that LeBron had in his early career, I think Luca, you know, gains in, you know, shooting. I mean, you know, LeBron, I mean, you remember LeBron really couldn't shoot that well, you know, early in his career. And, you know, Lucas, you know, he's in the nasty setback threes and, you know, everything. And uh, I agree, man. I think the level at which he's scoring where it's no one can really stop him. He can really get to anywhere he wants on the floor. And it's really the only thing that you can pray for is just that he misses, honestly. And his playmaking is just so elite that yeah, man, I'm going to have to agree. And yeah, really, if he gets, I mean, this team, you know, this team is not as bad as that, that 07 Cavs team, you know, 100% not as bad, but still it's just to, yeah, to get to the finals, to lead, you know, when, who really thought he was going to make it to the finals? This was a best case scenario where, you know, what we thought might happen for Luca, you know, best case scenario where he just, you know, bosses up heavy he's doing right now. And I, I'd have to agree. I think we'd have to put him right there. Yeah. And it would be crazy to say, but it wouldn't be an easy path too. He would have gone through the three seed jazz, right? Four, five or five seed jazz, five seed. the two seed. I mean, the one seed Suns and the three seed warriors who two of those guys are the two title favorites going into the postseason. So that'd mm-hmm. be crazy to see. Um, we'll keep yeah. we'll stay away from beating the dead horse though. We'll head over to the Eastern conference. Philadelphia, I wrote an article about it. should be posted on Sports Illustrated soon. I'll make sure you guys follow uh, social media to see that. Philadelphia falls to Miami in six games. Potentially a career-defining moment in James Harden's legacy as Miami will be in their second um, Eastern Conference Finals appearance in three years. Last time, obviously, they made it to the finals in the bubble. Um, What do you think about this Miami Heat team? I know a lot of people think that the Celtics are going to steamroll them. Uh, You know, no one's going to defend Tatum, but they keep proving us wrong. I want to know what you guys think, Carson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be a steamroll, but I think the Celtics, you know, the fact that they made it out of that bloodbath and they they beat, you know, to me, the, the toughest thing they had to face was that team, you know, with Giannis. He's the best player in the league. You know, he's who you got to go through. You know, he won the title last year. He deserves the right that you got to go through him to, you know, really kind of, you know, be next up and they – they got through the biggest challenge. And I think that confidence and that, you know, weight off their shoulders, I think is going to be, a, is going to mean a lot to carry them over the heat hundred percent. What's that Griffin? Uh, I just haven't really been wowed by any of what the heat have done, but that's particularly due to the competition that they've been playing. 
uh, the Hawks in round one, I wouldn't call like a good team. It's pretty much like Trey Young is like the only dude you really have to worry about. And then this round with the 76ers, like Joel Embiid clearly was not 100%. And I think we could all agree that James Harden has probably lost a step and has regressed in the past two years uh, pretty significantly. Um, plus you're facing like Doc Rivers in a playoff series, which I would say is like, you know, kind of a bonus for the opposing team. Uh, so it's not that like this, I, I would say the Celtics would probably win this in five or six games right now, but I think, yeah. I think the Heat just haven't showed me a lot to be wowed by. Uh, so I wouldn't count them out necessarily, but you know, I just don't think their ceiling is as high as what the Celtics might be. Uh, considering yeah. I wouldn't call like Jimmy Butler, like, like a top 10 player in the league. He's maybe top 20, top 15, but like just that guy, I don't know if Jimmy could do that in like a non bubble setting, uh, which is going to be interesting to see. I just think the, the Celtics, what could play a factor in is just how much they've played or put effort into the last couple series, specifically, you know, both the Nets and the um, the Bucks series, you, you're, you're going in there thinking you're going to be facing two rounds of like what's essentially a bloodbath with, you know, playing a team with KD and Kyrie and another team with like uh, who I think is the best player in the world in Giannis. Uh, so they might, honestly, they could look down at this, at the heat as a lower tier competition and might not put in the effort, I haven't seen anything to say otherwise, but I think that could be a factor. That's what I'm worried about a little bit. I hope the Celtics don't get complacent. Like, they, you know, yeah. they, they felt like they they won the title, you know, because they got to the Bucks, and then they, they kind of lack a little bit. Like, I hope, you know, they, they keep that same energy. They keep their foot on the gas. Because, yeah, you the last thing you want to do is sleep on the Heat team because that's what we've been doing all year. And then all of a sudden, they're in the conference finals. So, yeah. um, I want to talk about, I think, I tr- a couple things. One, I think I trust the Celtics role players a little bit more. I trust, I mean, look at Grant Williams. I trust him. I trust Hornford. I trust them a little bit more than sh- no disrespect to, to Max Strauss, Strauss and Vincent. I just, I trust the, I think I, I would go with the Celtics role guys uh, a little bit more than the Heat's role guys. I think coaching is going to be a huge aspect in this. And I think home court advantage for Miami is going to be important. Ek Udoka, whatever I, I don't want to butcher his Udoka? name. Udoka, Udoka, He's been fantastic yeah. this season, but there's maybe be no other better coach in the NBA right now than Eric Spolstra, and this guy <laughs> can make talent out of anyone. Um, I think that team gets hot from a three. It's going to be hard to stop them. They have one of the most well-rounded defensive players in the league in Bam Adebayo. They have um, what's it called? The veteran leadership of Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. Um, like I said, this team gets hot from three. It's going to be hard. You know, P.J. Tucker's there. He can be a guy that can slow down Tatum. Obviously, there's no stopping him at this point. He's turned into that kind of guy. Um, but, you know, I'd like to see how it goes. Um, I think Miami will win game one, though, this series. I have full confidence in that. I think they're going to, you know, run away with it, and people are going to be kind of surprised. But I think it will get a competitive series. Uh, whoever wins it will be in probably six or seven. Well, the Celtics are playing, what, the first game's Tuesday, and, you know, they're only getting a, a day's rest, so. Yeah, I'd say Miami wins it game one, like, comfortably, like 15, 17 points. Like, they have a big lead, and it slows down. But um, ready to move on. Next game, the West, series in the West, we got the Warriors going against the Grizzlies. A little bit of a scare at, at a point when – the Warriors maybe had the worst loss that they've seen in playoff history 
being down 55 points at one point in game five, ended up winning in game six, secured a series without John Morant. Obviously, people, uh, you know, it happens every time with the Warriors. An injury happens on the other team, and then, you know, it's lucky them, so on and so forth. Uh, it wasn't a good sign to see that Memphis team take us that far in that series, especially that game five loss. Uh, worries me a little bit going into uh, the series against the Mavericks. Carson, obviously, Warriors fan yourself, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I'm 100% worried because I think, you know, the Warriors are a team that, you know, obviously they have a, a huge on-off switch. Um, but the problem is, you know, it seems like we're reluctant to turn it on if we can even turn it on to get to our, our championship level, you know, because in that Memphis series, you know, we had that fantastic game three where, you know, everything was going right. We, you know, we looked super dominant. It's like, how the hell is anyone going to beat this team? But besides that, I think the rest of the five games, we did not play well at all. The, the wins that we got were, uh, you know, I mean, besides the game six, you know, we closed out, you know, pretty strongly. But the other games, we just really did not play that well at all. The turnovers, the turnovers really, really scare me. And that's something that's not going to go away because they've, it's been a problem all season. And I just don't really expect it to, you know, magically fix itself, uh, you know, in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I'm really worried about that. I'm wor really worried about, you know, Luca, you know, going up against our guards. I, anyone, honestly, anyone. That's how good Luca is. Um, but I just hope that, uh, you know, with the amount of the amount of shooting and playmaking we have, and the the ball move. Hopefully, that ball movement uh, will really, you know, help us get through. But I, I'm nervous, man. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm really nervous. We turn the ball over way too way too much. I think the key's gotta be we gotta let anyone else but Luca beat us. I yeah, think sell out on let, Luca. You let yeah. Luca's gonna do what he's gonna do regardless. You slow down Brunson. You slow down Dinwiddie, Kleba, uh, Finney Smith, all those guys. And I mean, if he gives you 60, so be it. But if everyone else can't do what they can do. I think you might be able to win it that way. I don't know. Griffin, what do you think about uh, this series going in for the Warriors? Uh, just from like an outside perspective, nothing the Warriors do on the defensive side really frightens me if I'm a Mavericks uh, fan. Uh, yep. And I just the whole year, I felt this is more like a transitional year between two eras with the Warriors. I know that's not like some crazy uh, idea I'm having now, but it's like, it feels like they're maybe a year away. Kuminga definitely needs more time to cook. And I feel like Jordan Poole also, this experience is going to help him going forward, but also not someone you could rely on, like, if you had to in these, in the Western Conference Finals. Also, like, I just, the Suns did exactly what you guys were saying, which is try to every slow everybody down. But, like, I think Dallas has shown that their role players are, like, shot makers, um, and I also think they're probably better defensively than a lot of people say. Like Luca, while not being a great all on ball defender, I think he's a pretty good team defender uh, and can uh, do, he does his role well. And I think with a team that has like two scores that are lethal from three, but no one else that really, well, two starters, I mean, Clay and Steph, obviously, and Poole, but nobody else really scares you off from an offensive angle, especially Draymond, that he just he just doesn't score anymore, which is like, I mean, it's good for, like, to get people involved in stuff, but I wouldn't, like, you know, from a scoring perspective, he's not really going to, like, shoot the lights out of the ball. 
So I would I would say the Mavericks, just from an outside perspective, not like a Warriors fan or anything, but I would say the Mavericks have a good shot at winning this series in six or seven, honestly. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then we'll just go touch over on the Eastern Conference, and then we'll make some predictions going forward. Obviously, Celtics, we've talked about it. They beat the Bucs. Game seven, Grant Williams, you know, showing out. Really showing out in that game seven. They left him open for three so many times, and he would just continue to knock it down. I think Chris Milton – He's there. Series was ended in six games, in my opinion. But Celtics pers- pu- push through. It's a good time for it to be their year. They'll be heading into Miami. Um, Carson, what do you think about this Celtics team? Because, you know, they got two of the best young players in the league with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you know, finally coming into his own as a superstar in this league. Um, what do you got to say about this team? Um, yeah, I mean, their defense has been, you know, insane all playoffs. Uh, they're really locked in on the defensive end. Uh, Tatum, man, I mean, you know, kind of how we were talking about with Luca, how, you know, we've, this is what we've kind of all been expecting from him. And it's just finally happening, you know, in real time. Same with Tatum, you know, we've been, we've been waiting for, you know, this, you know, Tatum top five solidified, you know, moment to happen. And that was that game six, man, because like, it looked like it was going to be game five all over again, you know, in Milwaukee, you know, the crowd was super loud, you know, they were up like 10, 15 or whatever. And, you know, Giannis and the Bucks were closing that gap. They, were, they had all the momentum to, you know, maybe take that game, game six. And then Tatum said, fuck that, turn into, you know, a mega superstar and just absolutely took over nothing but net and finally had, you know, the, the superstar game, you know, we've all been waiting for to save their season. And then he played really well in, in game seven as well. It just so happens that, you know, Grant Williams turned into, you know, Ray Allen and just everything. Um, I really like their chances, man, especially the fact that they got through Giannis and, you know, how big of a superstar he is. They got through him. I, it really does. It really does kind of feel like uh, their year, 100%. And I'm really proud of the I'm really proud of the way they played, honestly, because, you know, they're a team. I was a little worried that they they might just roll over, but you know they showed a lot of resiliency, especially in that game six um, yeah. from Tatum. And I'm super hyped because me, you know, picking Tatum over Luca in that you know top you know you know top five or top ten list we did, you know, I'm still feeling pretty solid about that. I'm still feeling pretty. It's solid. aging decently, it sure. Is. It's aging solid, yeah. After after that series, I'm like, I'm, I'm still it's still solid. Obviously, Griffin, you know, going to see Miami. How do you think the Celtics fare? You know. How do you trust them? Do you think Tatum's really just going to show his true tar, tar power? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think I've, I was really impressed with the Celtics. Basically, from uh, New Year's on, they really turned it around, which was like a pretty not great start of the year. You know, they had, I don't know, it was like 13 team meetings or whatever, players-only meetings, and that's normally not a good sign. Uh, but they oh. turned it around. I've been really impressed with Yudoka. He's been one of the best young coaches in the game. Um, and yeah, I think I've been, like nothing that Tatum has showed me has just dis- discouraged me from him, you know, continuing to light it up in this in in the playoffs. Uh, Jalen Brown also, I think he's been really good in the playoffs. Like, I don't know, I, fi- I kind of feel like Bill Simmons sometimes, but I be- I really find it easy to root for the Celtics team. Uh, and yeah, like honestly, in the last series too, the Celtics Bucks, it's nothing for the Bucks to hang their heads on or nothing. Like it's not like they did a whole lot wrong. It's just they got beat by a better team. Uh, you know, it's like if they had Middleton, it would probably go. You know, there'd probably be a different result. But like the Celtics are just a solid, solid group, man. And I, I think they'll fare pretty well against the Heat. 
Yeah, I really want to back back off off that last point of yeah, like the Bucks, like yeah, their role guys really didn't step up, and I guess you know they should deserve some slander, but yeah, this Bucks team does not deserve any slander. They and you know com- they're super commendable because you know they really like defended. They they did their best to defend their title. Like they went all out. That we got we were blessed as like basketball fans to have a fantastic, you know, seven game series. Like we got, you know, two superstars going at it, two fantastic teams who are both just going at it, you know, especially on the defensive end. I mean, we saw some really, really high level defense uh, being played by both guys and, you know, they can pull out the Trump card and say, you know, we were missing Middleton and, you know, we probably would have won if uh, we had Middleton. So yeah, shout out the Bucks, man. They had a great season, a uh, great series. And yeah, I, I see it exactly as you said, the Celtics, just ended up being the better team. Uh, and it was really, really close. It was neck and neck uh, all series, so. Yeah, Giannis is going nowhere. Um, I think Milwaukee will make a move this offseason. A great one that I saw was, it was Grayson Allen, Brooke Lopez, and like a first for Buddy Heald and Goga Bidatse from the Indiana Pacers. You get an elite shooter alongside him and a young big man that can defend the rim, uh, keep him youthful. I'd love to see them make a move like that because I think Brooke Lopez is fine, but he's going to be bad in these next couple of seasons, I'd expect. So they need to find the replacement, especially with Bobby Porter's impending free agency. We don't know what he's going to go on and what kind of contract he's going to get. Um, moving on, though, want we'll to make some predictions. I will stick with what my prediction is at the beginning of this playoffs because it's still alive. Celtics over the Warriors uh, in the finals. I'll give you guys both a chance. Griffin obviously didn't have a prediction, but Carson, I want to give you a chance to redeem yourself, a new prediction for yourself who you think will be the finals matchup and the winner. Yeah, I think I had Sun. Did I have Sun Celtics or Suns Bucks? Sun Celtics, I think. Yeah, Sun Celtics. So I, I'm gonna stay with the Celtics as well. And yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Warriors. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Warriors. I think uh, you know, that home court advantage, uh, you know, I think the overall depth and you know, shooting uh that we have, I, I think I'm gonna pick that and over uh over Dallas um but it's gonna be really tough I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Celtics Warriors too but I think we can I don't know I feel like we can all agree like you know it doesn't really matter who who uh comes out of the the west I think uh I think the east uh you know is gonna take it this year yeah yeah uh start I think I came on mid-season maybe with you and I had son I had son's bucks uh, at that point <laughs> as a, for a rematch and you know both those teams are out one, a lot of people had that i think that was a, a a pretty solid consensus yeah yeah one fared a lot better than the other one uh but they're both out so now i would probably go celtics obviously i think they're just a super strong team and look to be the favorites honestly against the mavericks i think the i think luca is going to continue to show us why he's a special player and ascending to be that guy in the league for the next couple, like maybe even decade. Uh, so yeah, I'm rocking with Celtics Mavs. Are we doing like game predictions? Like in how many games? Celtics are going to win. No, we'll, we'll stick with that. Celtics in six. Uh, okay. Carson, do you want to do a game prediction? Yeah, I'll go five. Celtics in five. I'll go uh, seven. Ooh. The other game seven. Because the one hey, a Luca Tatum, you know, <laughs> matchup in the finals, or you know, both of them getting the finals at you know 23 and, and 24 respectively. No, 19. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, 23 and 19 respectively. Because I think you know, all of us like we, you know, Luca and Tatum, those are kind of the two guys that you know we really look to kind of head, you know, the next generation, along with like you know, Giannis, who's still pretty young. But to see them go off in a you know, 
battle each other in the finals, both this young, you know, when we think, you know, might have taken them a few years to get there, would be, that'd be really remarkable. And I think that'd be really special. That would be the best storyline we can get out of any of these, like, potential matchups, 100%. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that's what we'll rock with. Um, any other thing? Wait, can we talk about, yeah, can we have a little dialogue on how the Ben Simmons-James Harden trade was actually awful? Looks like James Harden's going to be, uh, like, a third option if the team's going to make a championship, and uh, Ben Simmons now uh, is going to be injured again, so. Uh, what do you think about that horrendous trade? I think like it it could turn out okay for the Nets. The Nets win because they got draft picks. That's the only reason why they yeah, win. Yeah, and Seth Curry's pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, Harden. Like I, I'm out on Harden. Uh, he he's just lost a step. He's fat and he likes the club too much to change. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't know really what to say. Like Ben Simmons, I think just because of his youth, he has and a new environment uh, could maybe turn it around a little bit, but right now it's just, it's just a really bad trade. Yeah. Cause I came on, I remember when we were doing a pod for the trade and I came on and I was like, yeah, I was half last full and I was just like, Oh, like, you know, finally Embiid gets, you know, second star with them. And then for the Nets, like Simmons does all this stuff for him, blah, blah. But it was just, it was just so lame. It was just so disappointing that, you know, we get, you know, we didn't get to see the best versions. We, we got the worst versions uh, of both the worst possible exactly. versions of, of outcomes for both of those teams. So just a shame. It's a shame. Go ahead. Yeah. I think it's like, like it, things could change, but right now it's like the least impactful superstar trade I've ever seen in my life. Like exactly. Them, yeah, exactly. Them didn't add anything and some could say they took away from their potential like I think that like even the 76ers might have been able to like get this result if they didn't have Harden and just and Simmons sat the whole year and like you know I still think the Nets would get swept in the first round it's just like so low impact for the caliber of players that were moved Mm -hmm. it's just it's really funny I predict that Ben Simmons will not last in Brooklyn after next season I think he will leave Dude, I, just, I think it could like, be too much of a heavy line on him. He's going to need to go to a small market team if he's going to want to salvage his career. Well, nobody cares about the Nets. I don't care. In New York. It's enough nobody spotlight, cares. though, because they have KD. I think yeah. I would not be surprised if Ben Simmons retires. I know that might be a hot take. I would not be surprised if he retires. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either if we like never see him hoop again. But I do agree. Like, I think. I think the destiny for Simmons is to like just like take a Siberian trip and be on like the Magic or like Sacramento. I'm surprised he's not on the Kings already. We should have. They should have done that Halliburton for a Simmons trade. That was exactly. But that would have been nice for them. Halliburton's better than Halliburton. Maxi is the backcourt with Embiid. Oh my god. Yeah, that'd be filthy. We don't need Jose anymore, Mad. So they got Demontis Sabonis. This is the guy plays, but um. No, yeah, that, that trade's going to be infamous. Like, it's going to be known, famous for that being, like, gone down as a terrible trade. Because, yeah, I, I seriously would not be surprised to see Harden never put on a Nets. I mean, uh, Simmons never put on a Nets jersey. And they're kind of stuck in a corner of, like, you know, because, I mean, if they want to keep him, they're, like, kind of have to give him a Supermax. Yeah, and he hasn't played and enough. He's not, he's not worth a Supermax right now. Like, the way he's been playing, like, that's – Boy, who knows? DeAndre might not even get a contract by his new team. Uh, ben Simmons might not even play for his new team. 
Uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason. We got to touch on that video coming soon. Um, a lot of stars can potentially be on the move. Zach Levine might not even return to Chicago. Who knows? Uh, he's got to make a career-defining decision because does he think DeMario Rosen aging and that squad's going to be able to lead them there? Uh, we got draft stuff. We got draft lottery comes out Tuesday, so we're definitely going to have a reaction video yeah. for that. Tomorrow, uh, yeah, yeah. Because, damn, that's going to be crazy to see because I saw – imagine Chet and Jalen Suggs going to, like, reunite themselves together in Orlando. I think Orlando and OKC are my two most exciting teams to get the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I least exciting for me is Rockets. I don't want them to see that them to get the same, number one. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah, they're my least favorite team to get it. 100%. Yeah, but do. the Magic, I like a lot of I like a lot of the young guys on the Magic. They just don't have like that one guy that like might be, you know, yeah, might be a superstar. Yeah, it might be a superstar, but they have a lot of like really solid like. And they also guys. have they a lot nice... of good trade pieces, just because of how much like like good talent, but not like superstar level talent that they had. They could leverage into like getting a really good piece. So I'm excited for the Magic future for sure. Yeah, so look at the picks. Who it could be? The Pacers could have have a decent chance to get the first pick. Imagine bro, that, bro. What if the Pelicans end up with like the first pick because the Lakers pick? That'd be Dude. so fucking funny. Oh my gosh. Oh think, yeah, dude. The Lakers. Oh yeah, what the heck? Yeah, the miraculously the Lakers. I say oh, if the Pelicans got the they have Zion, dude, that'd be fucking crazy. Oh my god. If they had like Chet as their center. Or imagine like the Wizards win it. Yeah. Everyone would just be pissed. that'd be just like weird. That'd be such a weird <laughs> thing. That would o- suck. That would suck. If OKC wins it, Sam Presti gets a lot of praise. I will say that. That's gonna help him. Because the top three is what everyone wants. Because they want either Chet. J- uh, Jabari or Bankero. So yeah. After that, it's a drop off. It's like, is it Ivy? Is it Griffin? Uh, we we have the NBA Combine coming up, but that's essentially what it's going to be. It's those top three positions are going to be everyone's looking at. Yeah, and OKC has all those picks, and then you know they are like Shea, like they already got Shea, a solid player to like, like pair with them. It'd be yeah. so annoying if they got out of the top four, just because I want to see them like take a leap. Because otherwise, yeah, like, like I want to see them like turn the corner with all yeah, the assets every, and stuff that they have. Every year they try to tank and then they they'll get like something from the four to like eight range. It's just like oh, okay. That's why I didn't understand. Like if I, I don't know why they didn't like go up in the top three last year. I mean I, I like Giddy. He's solid. I, but think, I think they tried that because uh, didn't yeah. they offer the the Pistons like shy sure, and the and their pick? Yeah. Oh sure. whoa. I would have done that because they wanted it. I think they wanted Cade will pan out better than Jay. So, um, yeah, imagine that. There's, I did a draft sim, it would have OKC picking one, uh, Rockets two, and the Pelicans three. Dude, I want the Pelicans to win it so bad now. I forgot Detroit too. Detroit would be really fun too, like to get Cade a running mate because I get him. Yeah, Cade, one of those three, Cade with like Paolo or Jabari would be insane. Yeah, I think I know. that'd be sick. Because I think they need a center because they want to keep. They should move Isaiah Stewart. To, I don't know. Isaiah Stewart shouldn't be the biggest guy on the court for them. But oh, I forgot. There's a lot of guys that are like like should be decent role players in this. I don't think Keegan Murray's going to be that good. I think hey, I'm hella high on Griffin, bro. Out of Duke, I, I'm I, low key my favorite player in the draft. But no, this 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 thing has Bancaro going to the Pelicans at three. That would be so – they'd have too much talent. They'd have, <laughs> no. they'd have way too much talent. Who would? What would they do? Would you put Zion at the five, Bancaro at the four, and 
B.I. at the three with C.J. and uh, Herb. That'd be insane. Yeah, and then you'd have yeah, Alvarado, and then you'd have Alvarado <laughs> Murphy. Jackson uh, Hayes. Yeah, Jack Hayes. Valanciunas. That team would uh, – yeah. if they won the lot, if they got a top three or four pick in the lottery, they will be a top six seed in the West next year. If everyone would I think them. I think they already will anyways, but – yeah, they're just, yeah. They're just so bright. Plus his pick. Shout out the Pelicans, man. They do the kind of like not like to the same degrees as the Celtics, obviously, but they really turned it around because it was looking dark for them before the all-star break. Oh, like, yeah. Really I got it. Before they got CJ, it was looking bad. Like Zion, like he might not even like sign his next contract with them. Like it was looking scary. If you're both sides, well, okay, okay. I'll have you play the Pelicans here and you're gonna play the Wizards, Carson. If oh god, Pelicans got a top three pick. And they traded their pick. They traded CJ McCollum and they threw in like a guy like Murphy or something for Bradley Beal on a sign and trade. Would you do it? The Pelicans, would you? I'm assuming you'd do it. No, I wouldn't do that. That's giving up way too much. Bradley Beal's not that guy. Okay. He's not that type of talent. Like if you could, I think the potential of having like, let's say, let's say Chet falls to three and you pick Chet, like having that lineup with Chet. So you have five. Jonas though. That's the idea. I mean, Jonas. I mean, he's solid, but like Chet, Chet with his potential is a much higher upside player than I you just know, feel Jonas like, Valanciunas. Bi is what? Is he 26, 25? No, he's much. He's like twenty three. No, he's not. He's not twenty three. We did the twenty up to twenty five. He's twenty. Right? What? Then he's. Like I think he's, Actually, wait, no, he's, I think he's twenty. I think he's twenty four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's still young. He has a, like you. People say their prime is like you know what twenty six to 30, 31. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's twenty four. He's twenty four. Okay. I would, I mean, me personally would not do that. How do you think? Um, I mean, I guess if I'm, the Wizards. Yeah, if I'm the Wizards, I'm taking that, but I agree. I just think that's too much because I just don't even really see Beal as all that much of an upgrade over CJ, anyways. Because yeah. I mean, because they're both injury, they both, you know, have their well, injuries. What star guard would be available this offseason? I think if they could upgrade from CJ just a little Maybe bit. Maybe you could get Zach Levine in a sign. Dame. Or Dame. Barry Damon, CJ. No, 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 no. Trade, Trade CJ back, back to, the, to the Blazers. Oh my God. I want Damon um, to leave. He's a lead Portland. I mean, Chris Paul's on the market, so they could get him. <laughs> Bring him back to oh, New Orleans. Just fucking give him back. Yeah, that's a full circle moment right there. Bring him back to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. That'd be I, such a fun team with Chris Paul. Yeah, I think loves his on Yeah, they get the top three pick. They're going to have too much talent on that team. I think they'll have to move. Like they get like if they decide to go like Bancaro or something, they'll have to get like a better center. I don't know because you can play Bi at the two. You can play him at you can yeah. Play, he's a wing, so it doesn't really matter. All you gotta have is a point guard because oh, I I like Alvarado as a starter like twenty minutes a game low key because I feel like he's just like he's got that grit in him. But Herb Jones got to play. Yeah. Bi's got to play. Regardless, the Pelicans' futures is so bright because this team it's not like a like a prototypical like eighth seed right yeah. like if like you took their talent based on it like probably like four or five in the west is here honestly their mm-hmm. team is just so stacked and you're adding a like a 25 point per game score in zion mm-hmm. to this team like i think they genuinely might be contenders next year anyways i would be and plus you're adding on this pick like their their yeah. future's just so bright i'd be utterly shocked if they don't like amount to like at least a top five seed yeah, yeah yeah i would be like mm-hmm. i would i would look back on this episode surprises yeah what are you saying because yeah because yeah, i mean 
people like Zion gets slandered for you know gaining weight, blah blah blah. But when Zion is out there and he's healthy, he was a fucking beast, bro. I mean, he yeah. was like 26 a game on like close to like 70% shooting, and he was an all-star in his second season. Like you put him, yeah, BI. I think CJ, yeah, he's expendable. Um, but it's real bright for that man. And I love their young guy, like the contributions they got from their rookie guys. And that they're going to be on their rookie deals for the next, you know, three, four years. It's just so valuable. And then their window, like they really have like a three, four year window right now where it's like, you know, they, they should do something special. I think Especially, the one, yeah, depending on this pick, man. Yeah. I think the one player that like, like you could see, like there's definitely an upgrade that could be had is CJ. Like if you package CJ and that pick to get someone really special, I think that'd be a solid move if it's not a top three pick yeah. and and then even if that you know it depends on where that pick falls because then like i feel like chet mm. just that future but that would be they're in a good spot they're in a good spot it depends on who though yeah we yeah. have to go through like who would be worth that you know because yeah i don't even yeah i don't even know if Beal. i don't know i think i'd rather have cj in that pick over over Beal, to be honest. yeah i'd love to see them get a guy maybe like d'lo if they can like Get him out of cheaper deal. Nah, not no. after this. No, no, no. No, D'Lo. No, no I'm he's done, not I'm a winning player. I'm done no. with D'Lo. As like a fourth or like a like a fourth option. No, I think he's cancer. That dude really? is no. He's, he's like he's like team chemistry cancer. Like he does not. He's not like a good point guard. He just he doesn't yeah. make he doesn't make. He doesn't like, need to be the lead guard. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't make like. Like what's like a like a normal play? (laughs) He does like crazy shit super well, but like normal shit like super poorly. They need like a Ricky Rubio type dude. That's who they need. Or Chris Paul. Or Chris Paul. Bro, just trade for like Kyrie, because like definitely Kyrie's not (laughs) last wherever he is. Just trade for they need uh yeah, they need a steady, they need like a steady point guard, like a yeah, like Tyce Jones, like Lonzo like Ball. Chris... Wow, wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow, like Lonzo Ball. Yeah, they, yeah, that would be sick. He just walked no. away, right? Yeah, yeah, they didn't, didn't get anything. From no, him. no, yeah. no, D'Lo. Hey, the first rule of the Timberwolves offseason, they got to get rid of D'Lo. Yeah, get rid of cancer, especially to Edwards. Hey, I got you an idea. He's gonna go to the Knicks with Jalen Brunson, so they can have seven starting caliber guards that'd on that roster. Awesome. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> He'd love it in New York. I know. He did like one. He'd have like the D-Lo game, and everyone would just like adore him. I know. He's such a New York player too. Oh, he he's such totally... a Nick. Because like he like win. He would like win a primetime game versus the Nets and Madison Square Garden, and he'd like be in the front page of the Times, like doing like that. Yeah, <laughs> D-Lo will hit a game winner, but then the rest of the game, like the other forty-seven minutes, he'll shoot like you know like five for twenty and just like miss layups and shit. Like. Well, he definitely – he has to get out of Minnesota. Like, All right. He's hurting Anthony. We're Anthony. pushing the D-Lo to New York mantra. We want it. We want to see it. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I think we talked about enough this episode. Uh, we got podcasts coming up soon. We got talking about the draft lottery, which is going to be a whole other thing. So, we'll get that yeah. to you guys. Jose should be back. He's just busy with school. So, hey, shout out school, though. <laughs> got to get it done. So, uh, without further ado, it's been a great podcast. And as always, signing out. Peace.